every now and then one of my kids gets a family tree project for school. You're familiar with that probably, and you probably made them yourself. These are the projects where in school you're given the task to list out your relatives and create a family tree. It's pretty simple. And for most people, I would imagine that it's a fairly simple process, despite there being any kind of um, family weirdness, whatever. I think for most people, it's pretty clear as to who their family is and where everybody fits. But for me, it's been a little bit more complicated. And it's funny, one of my sons just got this project recently and is creating a family tree right now. So I wanted to talk about this and it's kind of an interesting story and it touches on a lot of stuff I've been talking about here, but it really talks about ideas of family and who is family and what does it mean to have a family? And hopefully you can join me for that conversation. I hope it enlightens you a little bit. And I'm Chris Valdheims, and this is the Hyper Memoir Podcast, where we've been talking about finding your creative voice. But I've been getting more and more into sharing bits of my story and weaving that into what I'm telling you. Because while I'm interested in helping people find their creative voice, and I think I'll always continue to do that, I really do feel that the episodes I've been doing where I share a bit about my story can teach you something about yours. So that's my hope. Um, if you like this story, if you like what I'm saying on this podcast, I would encourage you to go into the show notes of this episode and subscribe to the mailing list, along with every episode that I put out almost every week. I also send an email to a list and I give more resources, more insight, just more of the story because I think what I have to share is interesting. And I'll explain what that is. If this is your first time listening, I'll talk a little bit today about why I share my story and what's so interesting about it for you, why you would even care to hear about it. So as I said, this episode is about making family trees. And for me growing up, it was always this weird process. So for first time listeners, I'm adopted. I was adopted when I was seven. I actually knew my birth family and stayed a little bit in touch with them. Not much. And I'll explain that in other places, but um, I knew enough about them to know their names and know that when we're talking about family, they were my biological family. And so they're the ones to whom I'm actually physically related. So the same relationship that most of you have with your family, I'm going to guess, unless you're adopted or have some other kind of switched up situation where the people who raised you, your mother and father, are your family. Like they're the ones you're related to. So most people, I would say, have that situation. So doing something like creating a family tree it might not get complicated in the way that I'm describing. And the way it gets complicated for me is I remember when I was a kid growing up making family tree projects, I would always have to decide who to include. Do I include my adoptive relatives? Do I include my birth relatives? And I think the answer that I came up with or the answer that I guess worked for me growing up would be I would make family trees and I would usually make them where they included my adoptive family. So people who don't have any physical relationship to me, but do have a family relationship and a legal connection. So some of these people I know and I've met, but then a lot of those people I really didn't know. I didn't grow up with them. Um, they mostly live on the East Coast. I grew up on the West Coast. So a lot of the people who I would feature in family trees growing up weren't really people that I knew. And they were names that weren't really familiar to me. And it was all I had at the time, though. I knew a few names from my birth family. I knew my mother's name and my grandmother's name, but I think that was it. I think that 
beyond that, I didn't really have any names. So if I was going to make a family tree of my birth family, that would be something very small. I would have like one or two generations and even there, not all of the names. So for me, I think when I'm doing a family tree with my kids, I always kind of come back to that. And I always come back to that moment of decision where do I include my adoptive family or my birth family? And obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but as an adult, I've decided that it's more important to do the birth family thing because if we're thinking about family trees, it's really, for me at least, and anyone can come with their own decision or conclusion, it's about roots and ancestry. And that's really important to me. And I'll get into that, but that's what I've been into. And if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that that's important to me. So really kind of digging down into the roots and finding out who was before me, who were the people that lived before me, because I really think we can learn a lot by studying our ancestors. I've talked about that. I think that was in episode eight. Um, I can link in the show notes or the uh, email newsletter or whatever, if you're interested in hearing more thoughts about ancestry. But what this does is it opens up the question for me on, and this is a question I, I've had to grapple with as an adopted person, and maybe other people have to deal with it from different perspectives. But my perspective has been always, well, who's my actual family? Is it my birth family or my adoptive family? And the answer I've come up with, the answer that works for me now is they're both my family. Actually, as I've grown and developed, I've seen that I get a lot from both. You know, they've both sort of contributed to my life. I have a lot of great brothers and sisters who are all also adopted. I have six of them. And so that means we have this kind of big blended family, multi multicultural family. And it's super cool. I like that. So that's something I've gained by having an adoptive family. But when I'm thinking about my own predilections or things I'm interested in or um, ways that I am, I find a lot more guidance from my birth family. Because as much as I love my adoptive family, there's a lot of things for me where I feel different. I feel different than them. I, there's things I'm interested in that they're not interested in, and that's fine. They don't have to be. That's not. Um, it's not important to me that they share my interests or viewpoint or anything like that. But it is important to me that I learn how to understand it and put it in perspective. And learning about my family has really helped me to put a lot of myself into perspective. So I didn't have the opportunity as an adult to connect with my birth family. I'm probably the sole survivor of my mother's side of the family. So that's never going to happen. So what I did over the course of years was I did a lot of research into the family to really learn who was in the family. So that started when I found my grandfather. And when I found my grandfather, there, there was a whole website that explained my family history. So I got a lot of names there. And then I really worked hard to get more, to get more information about who was in my family. And I think I have names on my mother's side of the family back down to like 1820. There was a guy, his name was Ulrich Waldheims. So, and he was listed as a forest guardian in the census of 1820. I think that was in the Russian empire. But as you can see, I got really interested. And I think to find him and to kind of work my way back, I hired a genealogist in Latvia who went to church records and different court records and stuff to track down relatives, to track down my name. And I th that was really helpful to me. And, you know, as I've done this work, what's really been interesting, I talked to people who maybe haven't done that same work and even people who have their biological families and are still connected and aren't adopted um, they don't know that much about their family. I talked to a lot of people who maybe their family tree, at least in their mind, only goes back two or three generations where 
like I said, on my mother's side, I think I'm getting to like five or six generations. So just for me, that's been an interesting process to learn more about where my family comes from. So that's my mother's side of the family, which is, again, interesting. They're Latvians. Um, they've been around for a while. And um, you can listen to other episodes, again, maybe in the newsletter or on the show notes, I'll link to more. But um, the kind of key thing and the key connection was my grandfather, an artist named Zanis Waldheims. You can look him up. His name is actually spelled W-A-L-D-H-E-I-M-S. But if you look up Zanis Waldheims, I think that'll come up anyways. He was a geometric artist that fled to Canada in the middle of the last century after World War II. So look him up and that will actually give you some really interesting insight into the stuff that I'm talking about. It's also some really cool geometric and philosophical art, which I'll probably do more episodes on later. It's so complicated, like what he did, that it's been hard for me to figure out, okay, how do I broach this topic? How do I talk about this? But he's actually an artist who has been starting to gain some renown. There was just an article about him in the um, blog of the Museum of Modern Art. There have been some exhibits in museums and uh, galleries recently. So he's starting to become known. And I think within the next 20 years, his name will be familiar with people who are into art if it isn't already. So if you're hearing about this, you're actually ahead of the curve. And that's my grandfather. And so that's what got me really into thinking about my my mother's side of the family, because that was her father. Um, my father's side of the family has been more complicated because I haven't really confirmed his identity. And it's been a really complicated thing. Again, this is something else that maybe comes later in this podcast story um, or in the books that I've written. But I know who he is. I have a pretty good sense of who he is. It's just not entirely confirmed. And it's also complicated because he's someone who has some renown and he's famous. Um, he was a, I can just tell you who he generally was. I'm not going to name him right now, but he was a black physicist who died in the 1980s. And he's someone who actually has things like schools and streets named after him. So um, if you can figure that one out, awesome. Email me. I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. But the point is, is because I haven't been able to confirm him, it's been really hard for me to claim that part of my family. So that's been an interesting part where I have this lopsided family tree, where I have a lot of information about my mother's side of the family, but some information about my father's side of the family, but not really information that I feel like I can claim. So it's stuff like that that has made family tree projects a little bit complicated for me, even now as I've sort of come to terms with all this stuff. Um, when I was a kid, like I said earlier, it was just easier to list my adoptive family uh, family tree because they had the information. They could tell me, but it wasn't my family and I didn't really feel like I could claim them. So that's why I've switched to doing you know more of my own, I guess, family tree. And especially with my kids, um, while I do, as I said a moment ago, value my adoptive family and a lot of things about them. I do want my kids to know about who their family was. I want them to know who the people were. I want them to know what the struggles were. I want them to connect with their roots because I do feel like there's a biological connection that no matter how much you may try, it really can't be replicated um, through adoption. And I know some people might not agree with me on that. That's my perspective as someone who's been through it. So take for it, take, take of it what you will. Um, yeah. So I think that's, what it is. And so I think my intent now is to look more deeply into my father's side of the family and flesh that, flesh that out a little bit. And as I mentioned, one of the things that has been difficult is claiming 
that legacy on his side of the family. But it's also been difficult in claiming that legacy on my mother's side of the family, where I've been able to find a lot of information. As I said, no living direct relatives. I've found some distant relatives who have been able to, been able to fill in some gaps, but I don't have anyone I can talk to. I don't have anyone in my family who I can get more information about or learn more about these people. I have to do all the research on my own. But what that's also led to is I don't really have many people who can kind of affirm my membership in this family, which is largely gone. So if I'm the only one left, plus my kids, then I'm the only one in this family. And so I do feel uh, this sort of sense that it's hard for me to claim them as my family, especially coming out of the adoption situation, because there's a whole lot of forces at play there. But one of the things that kind of happens when you're adopted is you do feel a little bit of a um, removal from your original family. And for a lot of people who are adopted, that's actually a really hard thing to deal with. A lot of them a lot of people who have been adopted, you know, it, it can lead to things like suicide, anxiety, and depression. Not going to go into that now, but I think the point is, is having that division from your family and your roots can be really harmful. I know that it was for me. So this project that I do, this hyper memoir, but also writing books about my family or researching my family, it's to rebuild that connection and make it feel like I can claim that connection to my past because that's where I come from. And I do believe that if you don't know your past, you don't know your future, and you really can't know yourself. So that's why this has been so important to me. So anyway, this is kind of an interesting conversation. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Um, as I said, it just really came up because my kids were doing family tree projects. I really didn't intend to talk about it, but just as I was working on it with my son, I was like, you know, this would be interesting to talk about because I did notice that I had some thoughts and feelings about the whole thing. So that's what I'm doing right now. Anyhow, um, I'm Chris Valdheims, and this is the Hyper Memoir Podcast. Thank you for listening. As I said, I'm really doing a couple of things here right now. I think I started the podcast as a way to talk about creativity and creative voice. And like I said, that's important. But that was kind of almost the warm up to what I'm kind of transitioning into now. And I'd actually love to get your feedback on it, by the way, um, which is talking more about my story, because I do think that links to concepts of creativity. But even if not, even if I completely abandoned the whole idea of talking about creativity and creative voice, it's an interesting story. Um, subscribe to my newsletter and I'm going to share more. But I've written a whole book on it. I'm looking for a publisher now or deciding whether I'm going to self-publish. So, But the book is written because it's such an interesting story and it re revolves around my grandfather. I might actually make a chapter or two available to mailing list members or whatever. I'm still trying to figure that one out. But the story itself is interesting. And, and the reason, one of the reasons I've actually made this podcast is to find a way to tell parts of the story that just didn't fit into the book in a linear way or weren't really core to the story. And so even things like talking about family trees, sure, I could have done a paragraph in the book, but I find it much more interesting to do what I'm doing now, which is have some ideas and then kind of discuss them with you. So anyway, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, or if you enjoyed anything that I've posted, I'd really love a review on whatever platform you're listening on. It only takes like 10 seconds. So if you could do that, that would be really cool. It helps the podcast get out to more people. And as more people start to listen, I start to know what you like. I start to tell the story in different ways that hopefully serves you somehow. So thanks for listening. Appreciate it.